Welcome to the Spawn on Me podcast. This is your host, Khalif Adams. This is episode 327 of our show. What the deal be, everybody in Chicago? I hope you are all doing well. Hope you're washing your hands, washing your booties, making sure that you are okay uh, out in this new coronavirus land that we live in. I hope that you're all doing okay. If you did, if you did miss our show, our last episode, which we dropped on Tuesday of this week, you missed a wonderful conversation around all the teraflops that can be flopped in the world uh, with all the conversations from Sony dropping their PS5 news and Xbox dropping their news as well. And also we talked about, of course, the coronavirus and how it's affecting the world of gaming and everyone else in it. Um, I am really excited about today's show. Tonight's show is going to be amazingly dope because we have a really cool set of guests rocking with us this week. If you missed the announcement, there was one that went out on all the feeds today talking about, if you're familiar with, I should say, the show Insecure on HBO, Issa Rae, and all the wonderful work that she's been doing. The two ladies that we have on the show with us tonight representing Glow Up Games are making a mobile game around that show. Give a huge, huge, huge round of applause to Dr. Mitu Kandekar and also uh, Latoya Peterson rocking from Glow Up Games. How are you all doing today? How is everything going? <laughs> Good. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, it's uh, it's super exciting to be here and it's been a long day for us. So <laughs> yeah, but I'm um, super happy to come and hang out with you all today. Thank you again for Definitely. rocking. Go ahead, Latoya, I'm sorry. No, no, absolutely. I was just going to say, always great to be back on Spawn On Me. It was very fun to talk to y'all a couple of years ago when I was back at ESPN, and now we have glowed up. So we're <laughs> Yes. Look at where life is now, Latoya. <laughs> I know. It's a whole other, it's a whole other life. Now, I mean, yeah. coronavirus notwithstanding, it's a whole other life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Me too. I apologize in advance. I I botched your last name. Can you can you pronounce it again for me? Yeah, Ken Dacon. Condaker, thank you so very much. I appreciate you for, for, for correcting me on that because I botched it. I was practicing too and then I fucked it up. Oh, oh uh, it's all good. It's yes. all good. I mean, if you want to be really real about it, like it's the very anglicized pronunciation of my name anyway. Like, how, how, would, you, how would you actually pronounce it? Because I, I, it's important. For... I, well, this is the thing. So when my dad uh, migrated from Bangladesh to the UK, he actually, he actually botched the way that it should be anglicized. So really, it should be Kondakar. But he spelled it in a way that wouldn't make sense for it to be anglicized. And then, like, my mum was like, no, white people can't pronounce that. So it became Kandake. <laughs> because I, I spent, like, a good 10 minutes trying to make sure that I got it right, botched it. And then I was like, the way, the way that you're actually supposed to say it was the way in my head that I had it. So I'm like, damn yeah. it. No, so I, I am not too precious about uh, the pronunciations of my name because and I, I usually go by Me Too as well. Yes. I'd say like 50% of people say Me Too or like, uh, Me Too. Like, so, but also the actual sound of it is somewhere in between the two because it's like Me Too, which uh, is not a sound that exists. <laughs> in, uh, so anyway... So anglicization of names. Hi. Yeah. Right. That's we should talk. Speaking of games that could be made about that, right? It's like about yeah. things that could be made into actual games and things like that. But thank you, thank you both again for coming onto the show, having a amazingly busy, busy week with the information about your game showing up in numerous publications, The Root, uh, Wired. All those things. I want to get to that in a minute, but I want to go back a step and talk about the wonderful things that both of you have been doing and your counterpart, your co-founder as well, who has done so much good in this space. And both of you, all three of you having such wonderful pedigrees within this industry. I want to go uh, through some of the things that you already have worked on, give a little bit of background about how you got into games for the folks that didn't see your first appearance, Latoya, uh, you know, they, they may not have caught the wonderfulness that, that happened on that first show. Um, so me too, I want to, I want to, I want to go to you first and, and, and talk about, you know, where you started this process, uh, what's mm -hmm. it been like so far um and 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 what's been uh the things you've been bringing to the table over the past couple of years yeah absolutely um so i've you know i've been in around in and around the game space for well over a decade now like i've been someone who um you know makes indie games my actual my first uh games related uh startup was actually um and not a lot of people know about this but it's actually 11 years ago i started a location-based games company. Um, so I was like out in Silicon Valley for a year. This is when like Foursquare and Gawala and all that stuff was oh, wow. up. 
Um, so I actually made a game uh, layer that goes on top of it. So I, you know, I was like doing stuff around that. I was also the same time as I was doing my uh, gaming PhD. So I actually have a doctorate now in designing games for, for VR um, and, you know, immersive technology in general. Um, I also, yeah, like I've done a ton of work um, sort of consulting on games. I uh, specialize a lot on the sort of um, uh, sort of compelling character interactions and AI side of things. So I started a company um, with a few other people called Spirit AI a few years ago. Um, so that was my previous company before starting Glow Up. Uh, and, you know, we did a lot of things around uh, cool problems like using AI to try to de detect like toxic language mm -hmm. in games communities and, and things like that. So, um, you know, it's been an interesting journey. But I think for me, you know, as someone who's been um, kind of a vocal advocate in the industry for bringing in more, more diverse voices, for being more inclusive, um, like, you know, I've been on the board of uh, the uh, of, of GDC on the um, advocacy track for the last five years. Um, I run the advocacy micro talks there. Uh, I actually did a like rant in 2013 <laughs> about uh, race representation in games when a ton of us weren't talking about it. I think yeah. Latoya, like Latoya was talking about it then. Yeah. And, uh, you know. <laughs> five, but, five of us. Yeah. I know. Let's say there were not many of us talking about this stuff. Um, you know, and, and I, I remember at the time I was getting frustrated because that was the time when there were thankfully more conversations around like gender representation. But I was like, that's great. But what about what about race? Right. Right. So, um, but yeah, you know, for me, it's just made a lot of sense um, that to, you know, to start blow up games because it's really been just a part of uh, everything I believe in that games should be that we need to be pushing this kind of work. Um, you know, I've also been a professor at NYU for the last five years, um, so I teach game design there. Um, but, you know, I just wanted to be out there doing commercial work, which is about uh, bringing in more diverse voices and telling stories about us. And that's when I reached out to Latoya. <laughs> yeah. L Latoya, dig into, to, for the folks who don't know, some of your background in, in, in the game space as well. Oh, absolutely. So um, I've always called myself kind of games adjacent. Uh -huh. So I was a gamer, but also a journalist, not a gaming journalist, like these separate things. I was in newsrooms. I was working for Al Jazeera. I was working for Fusion. Um, I just came out of ESPN. And so like all of those things were happening before. Uh, but before that, I ran a blog called Racialicious, which is about race and pop culture. And occasionally we would publish stuff about video games and people would go nuts because we were not talking about race in video games almost <laughs> at all. So it's funny because Mitsu did her rant in uh, 2013 at GDC. 2012, it was, uh, was it 2012 or 20? God, it might be 2011. Uh, but me, Naomi Clark and Engai Kroll yes. did a talk at South by Southwest Screenburn called, uh, Ew, you got your social justice in my video games, right? <laughs> and this is before the current like world where like, Everybody gave a talk. We talked about it. Everyone had a beer. Nothing happened. It was yeah. over. Everything was over. Stayed in the room. We were fine. <laughs> so, uh, so we gave this talk and we were like, you know, look at racial representations in video games. And uh, I gave the stat that, you know, really stuck with a lot of people. I was like, look, I've been playing games for, at that time, like 25 years. Now 30 years. 30 years mm -hmm. I have been gaming. And if I want to play as a black female character, uh, at the time I did the talk, I was like, I have 12 options. And then, you know, you put that on the internet. They're like, that can't be true. So everybody's like fact checking and trying to figure stuff out. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately it was true. I forgot one person, but we're also counting like Fran the Vieira, who's just brown skinned and a bunny alien. So, but I mean, like, <laughs> it was just that bad. Like, we didn't have anything. Uh, there was a woman, I think, from uh, Gameheads who did an article in Quartz last year, so 2019. And now the number is 19. It's not that much better. Like, I'm like, it's just... Yep. Getting worse. So um, I've been talking about this for ages, knew a bunch of folks, raised some hell, wrote about games as often as I could. And uh, let's see, I came on to Spawn on Me. That's right. I came on to Spawn on Me because I had started at ESPN, not really into sports. So that was not the job I thought I was going into. It was the whole thing of how I got there. <laughs> um, but I show up at ESPN and, you know, I see this joke. I was like, don't ask me about sports. Ask me about video games. That's all I know. Huh. And they were like, eSports. And I was like, I don't know anything about that either. Like, let's try. Uh, so they had me write this piece for ESPN the magazine about, just because I think there was like no female representation in the eSports issue. And they were just like, is there a woman that knows anything about games that can write? So I ended up writing uh, The Legend of 
a girl gamer, mm. did that piece. So it turns out all the esports team knew me before I came to ESPN. So like day two on the job, they were like, so can we talk about esports? Let's tell you. Nice. And that led to a bunch of really fun assignments. The crew there is really awesome and I miss them dearly. Uh, but I wrote one piece in particular after reporting for like six months and it was literally me just being like, so why are more black kids going pro in esports, which is the title of piece. Very mm. direct. And I was like, who's going to read this? Two years later, I'm still getting tweets and calls about that piece. People still want to have conversations about it. I also covered the first NBA 2K draft, stuff like that. So it's a really interesting um, collision of interest. And I felt like I was just getting pushed further and further into gaming. Um, also, while I was at Disney, I did the ARVR group. And so I was very interested in the future of television, and particularly around like uh, spatial computing and like what games can kind of teach journalism and media. So I started talking to the two more and more. Disney added me to their AI uh, ML working group. So artificial intelligence was brand new for me, not so much for me too. So I started calling her more about that. Yeah. And then when I was like, oh, I think it's about time for me to leave ESPN and figure out what's next for me. And Mitsu was like, let's start a games company. And yeah. I no, did not I know. <laughs> I think it was the time that you and I, because I think, yeah, when I moved to New York to teach at the NYU Game Center, that's when like Latoya and I became like real life friends because previously we knew each other on social media. Yes. Um, but then we really started talking more when Latoya was working on this cool project called AI and the Trap. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot I did that. It's been all this much of a year. Your dopeness is like, so vast that you're oh. forgetting projects that you worked on. <laughs> no, I'm like, literally, it was the one year anniversary deploying my first neural network like two days ago. And it feels like light years have happened between like that event and this. Yeah, so AI and the Trap. So I called Mitsu because Mitsu was working on AI and characterization. Yeah. And I was like, look, man, I had this idea that I can't get out of my head. I was at this conference at Data and Society. And I just kept thinking, like, I was listening to The weekend in Future. And I was like, who in AI is repping for the low life? Like, what is what's going on? So we started talking about, like, what it would be like to do, like, an artificially generated trap rapper. Mm. How would that look? How would that sound? Should it be something that we reveal over time? Should we just debut them on SoundCloud and let people make their own ideas? And at this is time, like, when Lil Michaela and all them were becoming popular. She's yeah. a CGI influencer. Right. But they have a specific look and it's tough. And we wanted to really make this like commentary, particularly around like the ways in which um, society privileges certain narratives and certain types of perspectives and not others. And so the whole idea is that if we looked at the guidelines of the trap and not necessarily the guidelines of Silicon Valley, what type of computing ecosystem, what type of system would we have? Mm. And then, I mean, just, you know, let's do AI to make it fly, put some rap on it. Like, let's <laughs> just do other stuff. So we started talking a lot about that project. Um, and that's when we were like, yeah, we should probably just collab on something bigger. And here we are. So how, how, did, how, did, Tara, how did Tara get into, Tara Mustafa come into, into play? Yeah, so Tara, Tara is amazing. Like she, um, and again, you know, she's one of these like just badass women who have been around the space for a long time. Like she's been in, she's been in the game space for over 15 years. Yeah. Um, she's worked right. in a lot of AAA studios. She's worked at like Microsoft and EA. And um, she she's worked on like just, all kinds of different projects, shipped over 10 games. Um, and she uh, she and I got connected through another mutual um, uh, female friend who was actually, well, Bryna, Bryna Dabby Smith of oh, yeah. Brass Lion. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, all <laughs> shout the, out to Brass Lion. All the just, yeah, shout out yes, to Brass Lion. It's a small world. Yeah. Especially it's a small world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so Bryna connected me and Tara because she was just like, yeah, you you two would like get along really well. And we did. And I invited Tara to give a talk on the advocacy micro talks at GDC. And, you know, that's when we got to know each other a bit better. But um, yeah, you know, I think for us, like, as you can hopefully hear, like the three of us have had just tons of experience around, you know, around the space for a long time. And we were just like, for various reasons, just at a particular point in our careers where we were like, okay, what are we doing next? Like we could do mm. something where um, we are sort of going through like, you know, doing like doing the easier work, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or we could go on this journey to really try and like change the landscape for what diverse storytelling means and start a company and like, just, you know, do the thing, walk the walk. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, the thing I love and absolutely adore is the fact that you have all of you who are so accomplished in your fields be becoming the dopeness of glow up games Voltron right now and like <laughs> forming this power team. You know, that's a great sports analogy forming this power team 
bringing all your 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 talents to to, to the forefront. Um, when you when you decided to, to to start Glow Up, you know, when did you kind of know exactly what the the ethos of what you were trying to build was going to be? Because it's it's always difficult to kind of <clears throat> to, to 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 figure out what that special sauce and how you kind of want to maneuver throughout the space is going to be. Like it's always kind of easier to figure out like, oh, you do that really well and you do that really well and let's see how you can combine that together. But then you have to then mix that all together and figure out like, what's our North Star going to be for for our company? What's that going to look like for the future? When did you kind of come up with that and kind of think about the process of, of coming together and actually making a studio? Because that's not easy at all to do. It's not easy to no. do. Yeah, Latoya, no. do you want to feel that one? Oh my God, sure. <laughs> <laughs> This is, I mean, I'm so lucky to be with Mitu and Tara, who are games industry veterans, like, got this on lock. We got one coder, we've got a power producer and game developer. And then you got me who was like, okay, I do the business stuff, but what? I've done corporate licensing, I've done Hollywood. Mm. I don't know what any of this stuff is. Um, so when we started talking about the studio and what we wanted and what we looked out into the world and did not see, I mm. think, um, the first thing we started with was, you know, storytelling. It's things that reflect people that look like us, right? We're three women of color. Um, we've been playing for, you know, I don't even want to say collectively because it makes me just feel old. So I'm not going to say how long. <laughs> no, let's not say the number. That, yeah, is that number is. <laughs> it's a big number. We're getting up there. So I'm like, no, no, no. We're not going to talk about that. Except the denarian gamers. Um, <laughs> but, um, but we've been playing for so long. And for so many, for all of us to have never really been able to play as someone that looks like us or sounds like us or presents that way has just been this kind of stick for a long time. Like, it's like, is my story not worth playing? Mm. Is my story not compelling to you? And like, you know, one of the things in the talk that we did with uh, Naomi and Engai is like, you know, you can play so many non-human characters, right? So it's like, oh, you can totally identify this alien or this spore or this tree or, you know, <laughs> this alien, like another alien, whatever this might be. Um, but a woman of color just seems too difficult. Yeah. for us to get mainstream viewers into. So we went, okay, no, we don't want to do that. Two, the types of stories we loved and wanted to see in games and wanted to see adapted or do different things just weren't happening for some reason, right? Yeah. Like we're all fans of, you know, sci-fi, Octavia Butler, amazing fantasy series. There's so many things that we love that we are just not seeing. And <laughs> we're just like, okay. And, you know, you're waiting and waiting. Like, is there going to be an adaptation of this? No, we can get magicians, <laughs> but we can't get that, right? Right. So, so thinking about that as well, we went, okay, that's not what we want. And then, you know, Tara has this amazing stat that still blows my mind, honestly, when I think about it, where she's been in the industry for 15 years. And again, respect on her name, let's just say five years, you're an industry veteran. She's been hanging for 15. That is serious. And in those 15 years, she's never had a female manager. Wow. And we were just like, oh my God, like wow. that is intense. And to think about that too, like, what does that say? Like the games industry is 20% women, mm -hmm. right? And they don't break it out by C-suite. So clearly less of us, like how many women heads can you think of off the top of your head that are running major studios? Mm. Like, And then from there, yeah, I mean, yeah. How many? Can like, you think of any? Like Robin Honeycomb. Yeah, like, yeah, Robin, Bo Emily Greer. Bonnie Ross, like, maybe. Bonnie Ross. Yeah, there's like, you know, you can count those women in, on, on like two hands, yeah, right? Like yeah. there's, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you can count them. Then let's go into women of color, right? <laughs> let's go in. And particularly African-Americans, we're the last IGDA survey. We are less than 3% of the industry. Sometimes we're less than one. It just depends on who took the survey. Yeah. And you're just like, like who? Who is here? So all of those things kind of combined. We were like, okay, what is, you know, what is the ethos of what we want to make? What is the impact we want to make on the world? What are the stories that we want to tell? And then I think, Mitzi, you came up with a really great framing for kind of like this idea of joy and like the types of things that are antithetical from a gaming perspective where studios kind of assume there has to be crunch or assume that you kind of have to be miserable to pay your dues to do something. So you want to talk about that part? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a few things from a culture perspective that, you know, Latoya's touching on there that we wanted to make sure that we're addressing. So one of them is, yeah, absolutely. Like, how do we make room for people in all kinds of life situations to hmm. thrive? Uh, you know, so obviously the thing about crunch culture, it's bad, obviously, but it also only makes room for people in very specific life situations like, you know, not, uh, you know, people who are like, you know, perhaps young and single and don't have a don't have kids to worry about, things like that, right? So, you know, trying to make room for all kinds of life experiences. Um, but then secondly as well, 
for us as a studio, actually, um, I don't think we've talked about this widely too much, but mentorship is actually a really oh. key component of the studio. So, um, you know, I'm lucky enough to be a professor um, at the NYU Game Center. So, you know, we, we currently have two interns from NYU uh, who are just amazing. Um, and we've also, like, previously partnered with... So Tara actually started the first um, women-focused uh, game dev boot camp mm. uh, called, called Code Cover. So we had those folks actually do a little bit of prototyping with us because often it really is just about, you know, getting marginalized folks that experience and getting them in the door and, like, getting them the mentorship and resources that, let's face it, like, people who... Um, are not marginalized, like people in the mainstream, you know, straight white cis dudes, let's be frank, like have those, that access to those networks in other ways. So for us, it really is about making sure that we're um, creating opportunities for folks. Cause yeah, the three of us, we've like, you know, we've had our successes, we've, um, we've made it to where we are, but we want to make sure that we're like helping others up with us as well. Yeah. I love that as being a part of just the <clears throat> kind of foundation of what you're doing with Glow Up Games, because mm -hmm. that's so important. And it is like the thing that we all know is true, right? It's like, it's still very um, sad to say that, like, just seeing the person that you want to emulate and seeing them do the thing is just that super initial step to making sure that people can kind of get there. Um, yeah. But it is fantastic to hear that that is a huge part of, you know, what you're trying to do. In, in, in the space as a, as a team and as a company. Um, when you when you first kind of decided that this was gonna be the outfit that you were gonna pull in, when did you, like, what did you first kind of think about as terms of your first project? Like when you were like, all right, so we have a lot of ideas, we have a lot of things, we have a lot of stories that aren't being shared and told. And you landed on one of the biggest IPs on the planet which we're going to talk about after the break, but I'm curious about what, it, you know, what was the first game that you all kind of like sat down and brainstormed around? Was it, was it this one or was it something else? We no, were kind of just like talking about like various different things. Like we were very much in that kind of um, like pre, pre, pre sort of prototyping kind of uh, pre, pre, pre production kind of phase of just yeah. like, you know, we were just like, you know, it, it wasn't even like the idea of Glow Up in some ways wasn't even 100% solidified because we were like, hey, it was more like me and Latoya and Tara as well, just sort of shooting around ideas and saying, okay, what is the thing we could work on? Yeah. Um, and just it so happened, and this is how life works out sometimes, that the opportunity to work on Insecure came up during that time. Huh. Wow. That's <laughs> talk about something that just like. <laughs> Like, like to pull, to pull like the J from three and like get that to swish in terms of your first project out of the gate. Like that's pretty yeah. damn huge. And it went, it once, cause once we had that first initial uh, conversation, when you reached out, uh, you about, uh, rocking on the show and you told me what the project was, you should have seen the look on my face. My face was like, oh shit. Like, Wow. <laughs> How the hell did, did that wind up coming out out of the gate as the first things you're going to do? We're going to take a quick yeah. break. We're going to take a, a quick 30 second break. Let everybody get some water. Let the folks at home figure out what they need to do to get themselves together. Give them time to do their 20 seconds of washing their hands. Um, and then we'll be <laughs> right back after this. Welcome back to the Swan Me Podcast, episode 327 of our show. If you missed the first half 
of the show, you are bugging. You need to go figure your lives out. You need to go back to the beginning parts of the show and listen to all the conversations that we have right there. Right now, we're rocking with two of the members of Glow Up Games talking about their mobile game that's going to be dropping, I hope, really, really soon or, you know, at least in the not too distant future around the world if Insecure, HBO is insecure. Uh, and what I'm really excited about is a couple of things, because as a person who kind of got into Insecure fairly late, um, because I was slow on the ball and didn't do what I was supposed to be doing, uh, when everybody else was like, yo, Lawrence Hive is no joke. What the heck's going on? Issa Hive is no joke. <laughs> oh, we can get into this. So, we can get into this. Yeah, we got to talk about that. But one of the things yeah, that I'm doing. Yeah, on this call. It's true. Oh, Okay. So, yeah. so she changed our Slack bot, yo. She our Slack we say Daniel <laughs> pops up a heart. This is how deep this is going right uh, now. Okay, so this so so the folks <laughs> so the folks at home who don't know <laughs> what insecure is, I don't know how you're listening to this one on me and don't know, but for our white audience, the, the folks who don't know about insecure. It is this wonderful tale of all these all these characters living their lives in L.A., you know, being young, having fun, trying to figure out what's going on in the world and going through those growing pains. Um, and it is a huge, huge show. Like it is one of the biggest HBO shows uh, that has been produced in a very long time that features, especially because it's full of black people uh, doing fantastic work. The like, what was the day that you pitched that to HBO and was like, yo, I have this idea for a game that I want to make and it involves an IP that you have and you're holding on to. What was that conversation like when you kind of went to the Insecure folks and was like, we want to do this, the HBO folks as well? Yeah, so the way it sort of happened, um, so, you know, I got connected with, and, you know, shout out to um, uh, at HBO, uh, Will Price, who is the director of digital licensing. He has been, like, he has held it down for us since the beginning. He's just 100%. been such 100. a great advocate for Glow Up. And, you know, Will and I had just had a conversation early on because he'd heard through the grapevine that Glow Up Games was was a thing, that it was starting. And, you know, HBO had a lot of success with the Game of Thrones licensed games, of course. Um, and, you know, those, those have been really great. Um, and, you know, he and I were talking uh, about, you know, what we're doing with Glow Up and everything. And, you know, this is the, the, the fact that they, that HBO actually, and they, they're actually happy to make this known, like they are actually very open for indie developers to approach them huh. with, um, with sort of ideas to license some of their properties for games. Like that's something they're very open to doing. So Will and I had just had this amazing conversation and he was really talking about how, hey, like, um, you know, insecure, like, Insecure would be an amazing show to do a game around because, of, as you said, it's super popular. Mm -hmm. Like it, it's really, really popular. Like especially in terms of social engagement. Um, like you know, as we all know, like Twitter just like lights up when when there's an episode on, right? Like that's something that happens. So we were talking about it, and like it just struck us uh, at Glow Up immediately that, like, I mean, we love the show. We're huge fans of it fans of Issa and everything that she's been on in her journey since Awkward Black Girl. And, you know, the story of, of Insecure, because it's about these young, uh, these young people trying to like find their way through life, it lends itself to this kind of life sim, like narrative based game, like very. So we were super excited about that. We also, I mean, immediately, like, as we were talking about all of this, uh, we were you know, what stands out in Insecure is the fact that she will rap at her mirror bitch, right? <laughs> like that's something that she does. It's super relatable. Yep. It's it's awkward and relatable and charming and amazing. And, you know, we were just like, hey, wouldn't it be amazing if you like, that's a mechanic in the game where you get to do that and you get to create rhymes to hype yourself up to do, to do other things in the narrative. So that's basically what our... Um, uh, uh th that's how it all went and everything just kind of fell into place after that yeah yeah it's it's i'm running through some of the assets for the game right now and it's it's <laughs> it's so dope it's like amazing to see just how you've all captured isa in in that in that in that digital format 
um, and to hear that the kind of game is going to be around those moments within the yeah. game. Yeah, and I mean, you mentioned as well, like us, you know, the three of us, uh, me and Latoya and Tara Voltroning together, like we need to also shout out to the rest of our amazing team because yes. this Voltron goes deeper than, than this. Like <laughs> the Voltron is bigger. No, yeah. so we have like Ethan, um, Ethan Red, uh, yes. who is this, an incredible, incredible uh, technical artist and designer and game developer. He is our lead tech artist and a feature designer as well on the game. So he's just been amazing to work with. And Latoya, if you want to talk about Of Sam. course. Oh, Sam. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. our homegirl, Inango, AKA Samus, y'all, I hope you know who she is. Yo. If you don't know who she is, please come get your life. Yo. I need you to come and figure this out ASAP. <laughs> Uh, this is the only PhD postdoc slash battle rapper slash person with a Metroid concept album. Right. Me and Samus go super hard. I love her so much. And so right when we started picturing, like, how could this go? I think at one point we went, all right, how are we going to do the mirror raps? How are we going to do this? Mm. We went, okay, we need a rapper. And, you know, Mitsu had known Samus. And I think you guys had correspond or something like that. Everybody's friends on Twitter. Yes. <laughs> at least. Right. Everybody's friends on Twitter. Me and Samus have been homegirls for a long time. So I was like, let me call Samus see if she wants to be down and she was like hell yeah i've never done a game before <laughs> so she's in my boat she's like never did a game but you know what this is the game if i'm gonna do the game this is the game so samus came on board like really close to the beginning right Mitsu? like yeah early yeah. she was like person four like we um, knew we we, we yeah. knew we wanted to involve from the beginning ever since oh, we were like yes. we want to like tackle yeah. like rap as a mechanic yes and the amount of work she has done like the spreadsheet she has created, sitting there and trying to go through like what makes a rhyme and then what makes a rhyme playable and then what makes a rhyme not whack. Cause like one of the things that we were looking at too is that there hasn't really been another rap game on the market. There's been games about hip hop and hip hop culture. So yep. again, shout out to Bryna. Def Jam Vendetta is one of my all time favorite games. Absolutely. Love that, but it's not a rap game. No. It's a game with rappers, right? So yeah. it's like, okay. So I was like, what's the last rap game? Per rapper the rapper? Rap star probably. With Oh, Rapstar. Oh, I forgot about that. Okay, Rapstar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Rapstar. So, yeah. Okay. So, since Parappa, there was Rapstar. But that's a really big gap. Yeah. <laughs> it's not as much. And so, we really started thinking about, like, what that means and what it feels like. The other thing that we were um, thinking about in the beginning uh, was the concept of self-care apps, too. Huh. And, like, you know, just those of us, particularly women of color, particularly people of color in general, we just need a break. We just need to be able to step back for a minute and finding some breathing room, like using this game to create breathing room was something that was really interesting. So the team that we assembled all kind of resonated with that. So, I mean, like, you know, Mitsu shouted out Ethan and his amazingness. You can see it in the art. Mm -hmm. Like as soon as you see one of these gorgeous visuals, Ethan's fingerprints are all over it. Um, we have Samus on rhyme. So when you guys get to see, so if you feel like, you know, shout out to my edges, wait for me that's some Samus stuff. There's stuff for the fellas too. Don't forget, we, we got flex. We got all, there's other options. It's just we yeah. the ones that we felt. Um, so there's, you know, tons of stuff with that Samus. We have an amazing lead engineer, Sella Davis, who is coming through and just killing it on the back end, making sure that this game is dope and stable and scopes in a lot of different ways. And we have two killer interns that um, it's two source from NYU. Oh, so man. like, and they just, they just stepped up in a way that I don't feel right calling them interns no more. I feel right. like they should like promote them to like <laughs> definitely a part of the yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. Like this is Geneva and Connor have just been phenomenal. And it's just, yeah. you know, we're a tiny little team, super scrappy, but you know, everyone understands we're doing this for the culture. We're doing this for representation. Uh, we're doing this for a purpose and a reason. Mm. And that really, I think also animates what's happening. So we, I think we all have perfectionist tendencies around what we like to put into the world and how we like it to look. So it can be a little bit like strange at times because everybody's like, oh no, but this piece has to be like absolutely, you know, picture perfect. And then the pressure of showing a talent like Issa, right. the work that you have done in her world. Yep. <laughs> it's just like nerve wracking. But I think that, you know, when we first got the opportunity to, um, you know, that feeling of this is what we have to do. Yeah. Like it just yeah. it lined up so perfectly it was such a weird coincidence how all this kind of started. I mean, it's, it's a coincidence through work, I should say. So let's illuminate what that looks like, right? Yeah. This is Mitu's 15 years of experience. This is Tara's 15 years of experience. This is 10 years of being entertainment. Like this is, these things don't magically happen, you know, your first shout out. But everyone had the juice, the clout, the chops, 
Yeah. And these yeah. things came. And when we were there, when it came, we were like, oh, we got to shoot our shot. Absolutely. Like, regardless, yeah. we have to do this. Exactly. And, and for us, yeah, because Insecure, like being our first project, that allows us, you know, as, it allows us as Glow Up Games to say, like, this is who we care about. Like, this yeah. is... Like this is the audience that we are addressing, which is like people who look like us. And we get to be fortunate enough to tie all of this to a really amazing brand and a really amazing talent like Issa Rae. Yeah, yeah. it was, it was, oh. go ahead, go ahead, that's why. Oh, I was like, I should also say too, like one of the things that we hit early on, which has really started to shape the founding of Glow. So initially we were just thinking about games, right? Hmm. And like, fun creative projects could be made together as a studio. Um, Mitu, who's our resident techie, was like, let's talk about tools, let's figure some other stuff out. But we were really talking about properties and what we wanted to do. Mm. And when we were picking Insecure, we realized there was no data about the players that we are. Ah. And I think that's something that people outside of the industry don't know. Like, there aren't that many, <laughs> there's like no data. So the stuff that we take for granted in television, like where I came from, mm -hmm. right? Where if you're like, oh, I want to make a girl's trip, right? I want to make a movie like that. And these are, you know, black, like the audience we think is going to be black women who are 20 to 35, who love Essence Fest. They're reading, you know, Essence Magazine and mm -hmm. The Roots Glow Up. They're doing this. They're watching Scandal. They're also in Shondaland, like whatever, like that profile of demographic mm -hmm. does not exist in gaming. So when I literally went to answer a really basic question in a pitch deck that she would do for any other kind of game, which is what are these players also playing? Mm -hmm. Could not answer. Sorry, are black women playing The Walking Dead? Are black women playing, we playing Breath of the Wild? Are we playing Kim Kardashian's Hollywood? Nobody knows, no one's asked, nobody cares. So we also started realizing that like, it wasn't just that these stories weren't being represented. It was that we were being overlooked as a category and we are already existing players. And I think that's been a, the other kind of big rub uh, that we've been trying to address with Grow Up Games. Like this idea that women are a new market, <laughs> that female players are a new market, that players of color are a new market when we have been here all along mm -hmm. and we have not been counted. So that's the that's the other thing I realized. Right when we said that, I'm like, oh yeah, this part. You have yeah. just said everything that I have been fussing at people about for the past God knows how long and especially this year. I was, I was talking to some folks during a previous show about trying to kind of shift the conversation around, you know, just the visual representation, which is of course important, but again, not looking at us as a block of folks who are already consuming the content and seeing what, you know, that power behind that dollar that we represent is actually in games and what it means to the, to the space. And to hear that that's a, a foundational part of the conversations mm -hmm. that you're having, that just made my heart grow so big because that's the stuff I feel like it's going to move the needle, right? It's like mm -hmm. understanding that like this profile, this persona has been here and has been here for a long time. And what are you going to do to, you know, talk to the needs of that, of that consumer block? Um, yeah. I, I love that. That just like made me so, so damn happy um, because I know other people are having this conversation. It's just good to hear it. Um, how much did the, the insecure like folks, you know, have any input on some of the things that you're kind of concepting out and, and talking about that stuff. Has Issa seen the stuff that you've already put out or, or put together? And, and has she had any feedback about, you know, how some of the stuff is kind of coming together? Uh, yeah. Do you want to take that? I'll happily take that. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like I said, number one, shout out to Will again for being an amazing partner. His boss, Jeff, like they have been so supportive of us. Mm. So they did something very unusual for a licensing deal, which they were like, look, Glow Up Games needs to meet Issa Rae Productions. What? We just feel like y'all need to be in the same room and figure this out. This never happens. So, of course, what do we go? We got to meet Issa. Mm -hmm. And we're like, come on, professional face, professional face. Bring it in. <laughs> so we flew out to L.A., got our life together. We're like, we'll scream after we meet her. It's all good. Um, and so we had the very first pitch meeting last May, right, Mitsu? Was it last wow. May? It was like, yeah, like, it was around, it was the week of E3, actually. So it was like June. The, yeah, that's right. It was wow. the week of E3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. E3 last year. That's when this started. I can't, yeah. I can't even remember anything. I'm like, E3. What? Wow. When was yeah. that? You're right. We were out there for E3. We were out there forever. Yes, that's right. Okay, so anyway, the week of E3. So we go into the studio lot over in Manhattan Beach, we're sitting there freaking out. We're like, oh, we're about to go meet everybody from Insecure. Um, Issa's there for entire entourage. The whole crew, Prentice Penny comes through. Wow. We were like, oh God, like they are taking this so serious. <laughs> like everybody's here. 
And we just started talking to them and we were like, this is what it is. And we started talking to her about games and she asked such great incisive questions. Mm. And it's interesting, like again, with the demographic of like how we've been trained to even talkers to gamers in the market. He's just like, I don't really play games, whatever. And as we're talking, she's like, oh wait, but you know, me and all my friends have this one game right? mm-hmm. <laughs> that like, yeah. we've all downloaded, that we've played. <laughs> Yeah, so she plays and she's talking about it. So it's like, yes, yes, we all play games. Like, just, we can acknowledge that. We can all just, we can say we love this. Um, so, but I mean, it was wonderful just being able to talk to a creator at her level, have her get immediately the concept, have her come out feeling this. I mean, she gave us hugs at the end. We were all hyped. We got the handshake in the beginning. We got hugs at the end. We were like, we're in here. That's what we you know. That's what you know. I love to say, like, she... She actually spent over her allotted time with us. Yes. She oh, that's great. Extra time to talk to us. Yes. Uh, and like, we were just like, what? She's not like walking yeah. out of this meeting, first available opportunity. Yeah. She stuck around. She asked super smart questions. And she, yeah, she hugged us all at the end. And that we were just like, oh my God. Yes. Oh, Issa, we have been touched by Issa Rae. It's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, so that would have been, that would have been well enough. So now we're running into development. We're doing all these things. We told her, cause you know, again, it's Hollywood. She's busy. You know, she's sure. busy. Look at that schedule. She's busy. So we're just like doors open, anything. And they have just been like her, her team with Benoni, who's her business manager. Like they have just been amazing in terms of trying to make sure that Insecure feels as much a part of the world of the show Mm. as we can make it. Like they've looked at concept art, they've looked at scripts, they've given feedback on everything. They are phenomenal. That's fantastic. And so, you know, it's been, it's been really wonderful. We met with her recently to show her a recent build um, in her new office that she's building in Inglewood. Um, You know, we went to her coffee shop, the Hill shop, like we did a whole Issa day. And it was just fantastic just to see like how engaged she was. And also like, again, this is something that I think a lot of creators of color don't get to see mm-hmm. from their own work. Like Insecure is an amazing brand, amazing property, just like, you know, girlfriends before it, just like living single before it. Like this is an iconic show. Yeah. And the fact that our iconic stuff does not get like the big IP treatment, the comic, the, you know, comic book adaptation, mm. the all different stuff, the feature films, that you would see from an equivalently popular white show to me has always bothered me, especially as someone who comes from, you know, television Hollywood. For me, I'm like, it's always gatekeepers. Yeah. Right. And the people who have the will to make something happen. Why don't we have an Octavia Butler movie? Right. right? Now we have one with Ava. They just placed another one, but the last two didn't do so well yeah. and they couldn't get off the ground. They couldn't get out of development. And so, you know, knowing that, um, I think made our, our mission even more personal because like this deserves to be a game. We've had so much fun designing it. Like you should just see the like, what are we calling it? Scope creep right now? What are we calling? <laughs> what are we calling the like the additional mini games that we want to do that we are not actually going to be able to do at launch? Uh, yeah. But we are having so much fun designing this thing, and you know, designing all the ratchet touches that are going to make it feel like insecure, right? That's yeah. that's the beautiful um, part. It's like I think that that's the, that that's those beautiful. are the parts that like really um, like connect the player to the world, right? It's like the things that they absolutely know and are expecting from the the experience that they're, they're going to be in it it's great to hear that you're uh, incorporating that and making sure that stuff is in there Me too, yeah. you about oh, to say yeah. something yeah no i mean i was just going to say that um one of the things it's interesting um again you go back of like how did we know we wanted to work on this game yeah. like how did we know that this was going to be like our flagship title at glow up games you know and i think at the end of the day and i realized i hadn't really framed it this way to myself until this moment but what makes more sense than propping up the world that's created by another woman of color, right? Mm. And like helping to support that. Like that is so foundational to what we're doing. And like, so for that to be our first project, like it just, you know, it speaks to our values. I love that. That's, that's, that's beautiful. I love that because it is something that if you're paying attention, you understand just how much brown women especially black women run the world in that way right it's like understanding the 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 the, the power and the the um the the need to showcase and share those stories and those perspectives are so so missed by so many opportunities within the industry to hear that again like you're making sure that that's the thing that's paramount is is huge especially with this particular thing with this particular game too um are you going to be having other folks from the insecure universe within the game too? Or is it going to be something where oh, yeah. we get to, we get to see the, the parties, the Lawrence's and, and all the other kinds of folks kind of like <laughs> around in the space. 
Yeah. So, so the game. Yeah. So the. Uh, the I mean, so the, the the conceit of the game is that you're you're actually creating your own character who lives in the universe of Incure. So you know, you're not. It's not that you're playing as Issa. Um, you know, one of the things we said early on in the team is that kind of the the thing that's compelling about Insecure isn't that you want to be Issa. It's that mm. you want to be friends with her. That you want to like live through all that messiness. That you want to like be a part of that friend group. And so that's basically what the game is. So you're, you get to define your avatar, you get to define who you are and what you look like and all of these things. And um, you get to be, live out that fantasy of being part of the friend group of, of Issa, Molly, Kelly and Tiff. Yeah. I, I'm just waiting for all my friends once they start to play this game, think about all the sloppy text messages they would have gotten from one of the characters <laughs> <laughs> that was like, yo, I did something Funny and I was supposed to do it. Yeah. You should mention that. Funny you should mention that. So, yeah, a lot of the writing. So I, um, I'm leading narrative right now, which is a whole other story. We'll talk about that on another oh, podcast. Oh, wow. But, okay, um, no doubt. Um, so one of the things, one of the first conceits we came up with was group chat. Because it's like, how else do you actually talk to your friends and keep up with all of the ridiculous shit that they do all day long, mm -hmm. especially if y'all are at work or something else like that. <laughs> so really thinking about ways to make group chat pop. We may or may not, we're not going to confirm or deny a WID mode that might be in production. Ooh, <laughs> nice. We may, we may or may not have that coming in. You may or may not see some cameos from players. So like we also, you know, Prentice being in that first meeting also really helped us to frame the world out because it is definitely a world shaped and created and kind of run by women of color. The yeah. central friendship in the show is Issa and Molly, yep. right? And Issa and Molly and Kelly and Tiffany's friendship. Um, and, but Lawrence is such a big part of why men identify with the show. <laughs> such a huge, the Lawrence hive and the men who feel like they are just, they Ooh. could be Lawrence too. What is going on? Uh -huh. So we were like, okay, how does Lawrence appear in this narrative? <laughs> Where do we bring him? What opportunities does the player have with Lawrence? And then of course, you know, what about Chad? Right. Because where there is Lawrence, Chad, <laughs> Lawrence, Chad. We've had so much fun with Chad in this game, let me tell you. Oh and that's goodness. the fun part too, because like there's the show, which is already over, over, over the top. Like some of the stuff that happens when I had to go back and like send to the writer's room, like here are some key lines. You understand like how the characters talk and what they frame and just looking at some of the stuff they say, I was just like, this is so sick. This is worse than, <laughs> this is worse than anything we came up with. Oh my God. I mean, and, I, and I'm going to um, really appreciate yeah. the fact because we've always seen this conversation around men writing men, writing women characters in games forever. Right. Mm -hmm. And fucking it up all the time and getting into so many scenarios that make absolutely no sense. It's going to be really refreshing to see your take about how these very two specific characters are going to interact with everybody else and how the player is going to interact with, with um, everyone else within that world um, coming from your writing. That's going to be real dope. I'm real excited about that. Cause I tell, I tell my friends all the time. I was like, most of our friends are women because women don't bullshit. Dude's bullshit all the time. So like the so I know that I would get a better uh, um, a, a better narrative and a better story coming from uh, from you all in that respect translated through those characters as well. So I'm I'm really excited about that stuff. Um, weirdly, we're running out of time. It has flown by. Uh, this it hour has, has flown wow. so by. Cool. We, could, wow. we could talk yes. forever about this. I, I mean, we got to have you back on, especially when it, when it launches for sure. Yeah, um, absolutely. We'd be happy to come back. Yeah. Yes, please. If there are any other things before I let you go that you feel are really super top of mind that you want everybody to know about, about the game, please, 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 the floor is yours. Let everybody know what those things may be. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, definitely. Um, if you go to um, insecurethecomeupgame.com um, or glowup.games, I'll start that again. Glowup.games forward slash insecure. I need to practice my like uh, <laughs> my like commercial voice for that one. It's still a new one. Glowup.games forward slash insecure. You will be able to um, leave your, so you can sign up to get text notification when the download link will drop for the game. So you can be first to know when to download it. So please uh, go ahead and follow Glow Up Games on socials as well. We're Glow Up Games on Twitter and glowup.games on Instagram. Dope, dope, dope. I am, before I let you go, I just have to say, I am glowing right now because of how excited I am for you, for you three. 
like the fact that you have Ethan in the, in the, in the crew and you have Samus in the crew, yes. like you have amassed such a fantastic squad for, for this particular project. And the fact that you're doing something around uh, a show that I really have come to love and enjoy. I am so pushing for y'all. I'm so pumped for y'all. Cause this is going to be so fantastic. Um, me too, Latoya. Thank you so, so much for, for rocking with me tonight. Um, again, folks at home, you got to make sure you're paying attention. Go to the site. We're going to throw it up in the chat. It's already in the chat. Thank you. Mad love to TD out in the chat doing the work. Make sure you go sign up so that you know when things go live. Please, again, whenever you have time to come back, you have a place here in Chicago. And I'm very, very excited for what's coming down the line. Thank you again for, for rocking with us. Thank today. you so much for having yes, us. Thank this you. has been so much fun. <laughs> yeah, yes, absolutely. Everybody in Chicago, we are getting up out of here for episode 327 again. The dopeness is flowing throughout all these wonderful ladies. And this is going to be a fantastic, fantastic game. I am just waiting for Lawrence Hive to lose their goddamn minds up in here. <laughs> Once everything goes out into the world, I'm so excited for that because they deserve everything they get. Because that man's trifling and he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> I said it online. I said it. I said it loud and proud, damn it. He said, I said it and I said it. I okay. said it and I said it. That man trifling. Anyway, massive love to you all. Oh, oh, oh. Make sure, make sure you come follow us here. Uh, Thursday nights is when we usually record 7 p.m. PST. Uh, make sure you come through. Make sure you're supporting the Patreon uh, that will go live in a couple of months after all this coronavirus madness uh, hopefully subsides and goes away. Uh, but again, support dope people making fantastic work like this. Support people who are making new strides and building new new platforms for people to survive and people to uh, um to make the games they want to make so uh until then we'll see you all next week and we say <laughs>